Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast, live from San Jose, California. I'm your co-host, Guru Ram Prakash, fresh off a 49ers victory over the Green Bay Packers on Saturday. I'm so, so happy, but we're not here to talk about football, at least not yet. We might have a football episode in the middle of the week with my good friend, Varun. But until then, uh, from Monterey, California, I have my good friend, Vikram Khan, to, to talk some hoops with me. So, uh, Vikram, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, although I'm not quite as a uh, rabbit of football fan as uh, you and Varun might be, I too enjoyed the Niners' upset victory. And uh, yes. that probably killed the betting market, not going to lie. But hey, what do you know? That's why it's called gambling. But anyhow. Why, yes, uh, gamble safely, everybody. But uh, yeah, any, anyways, yeah, I mean, it was a great win. Uh, capped up a great weekend. Uh, and yeah, uh, basketball was played this weekend too. I don't know if you've noticed, but yeah, we're here to talk bit, about man. that. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to actually start off with, you know, the Warriors. And, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been a long time since we've uh, got, gotten the chance to talk about the Warriors, and it's probably a good thing that it's been a long time because we would have been angry, pissed off, irate. And so it's great to be able to combine that into sort of one episode of I being irate, mad, and uh, not very happy <laughs> yeah. with the turn of events. Yes, yeah, that's and, a good way to put uh, we, it, man. And, and really, really like. Looking looking back at the last month or so of Warriors basketball, it, it has left a lot to be desired. And, you know, Clay Thompson has come back. He has brought a, a light at the, uh, I mean, uh, a light that we had never seen for a very, very long time uh, back, to, back to the franchise. And it's it was great to see him back on the floor, but he's missed the last couple of games with a knee injury. I guess that's a, uh, that's a, like a byproduct of, coming back to play uh, for the first time in a long time and sort of getting back into the flow of things. Hopefully he's okay and I'm able to come back sooner rather than later. But uh, the Warriors as a team have not been playing well. And uh, it's, it's been a sort of, it's been, it's been the thing where we have been trying to wait for the time where the Warriors are going to break out, break out of their slump. And in previous seasons, when the Warriors were very successful, they would have a couple of games of these low moments, but they would always, you know, find a way to come back and be the team that they originally were and, uh, you know, find, find different types of ways to win. Um, but uh, it has not been taking place over the last month or so. They only have a couple of wins over teams that are like way worse than they are. Uh, they are coming off a one and three road trip, which they should have, frank, quite frankly, they should have tried to go two and two or three and one um, really, really disappointing, especially the loss to at Milwaukee. It was just, you know, a lack of effort, lack of execution. Uh, and they did not put their best foot forward, which is very unfortunate against, you know, one of the top tier teams in the NBA, you want to be able to say that you put forth your best effort and did all you could to try and win that game. I don't think you could say that about the Warriors. And yeah, this all revolves around uh, Steph Curry and his, you know, cold shooting spell. And I think, you know, uh, you know, you're as cold as ice and, uh, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice our fandom for the team. And uh, I, I have really nothing else to say other than 
if if Steph Curry does not come back to his original shooting form, which is, you know, around 40% from three-point range, then the Warriors are not going to go very far in, in, in this year's playoffs. And any dreams of, you know, championship contention or, uh, you know, being a part of that conversation will be just that. It will be just a dream. It will not become reality. And with that, I would like my friend Vikram Kant to take the floor. Well, uh, one for 13, 7.7%, 25% shooting overall on the night for 13 points. Yeah, it's probably not going to get it done. Uh, forget 40%. I'd like him to shoot 30% first. Yeah. I mean, like, this is Steph Curry, the greatest shooter in NBA history, and we're talking about 30%. 35%. I mean, if you're shooting 12 to 13 threes a game, even 30% is going to be, like... No, I'm saying let's, let's get back there before let, we let, start, let's uh, get, okay. Baby steps? Like, you're, you're talking about baby steps? Real baby steps, man. Real baby okay. steps. Okay. I mean, uh, and it's it's one thing if these shots were highly contested, uh, if they were, if he was suddenly taking insanely difficult attempts off the dribble, uh, but a lot of these shots that he's getting right now are are really wide open, like truly wide open. It's gotten to the point where when he takes a wide open jump shot, I'm like, oh, that's not going in, which is crazy. But that is Never, that is ne- the Steph Curry we uh, we now have this year. So, and I mean, it's truly a sad, yeah. sad story, sad occurrence, man. I mean, with that being said, it is probably worth saying the Warriors really played a good game tonight outside of Steph. Uh, I, I saw a lot of stuff that I really liked in tonight's game against the Jazz. I thought their defense was very good. I thought particularly in the fourth quarter. I think I heard a stat that was crazy. The Warriors, uh, the Warriors – and Jazz scored less points than the Chiefs, and uh, I'm forgetting who they just played. Uh, help me out here, Guru. Uh, who the Chiefs played? Help you out. Oh, who the Chiefs played? The Bills. The Bills. Sorry, the Bills. The Bills. Oh, so sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, then they scored in the last two minutes to come back. No, no, no. It's funny. Uh, it's that the Warriors and Jazz scored less in the fourth quarters than the Chiefs and the Bills did it in two minutes in the fourth quarter. So uh, that's pretty That's pretty insane. Yeah. But that is the world that we live in. <laughs> where, uh, <laughs> where football in the last two minutes of their game outscored the entirety of the fourth quarter for the Warriors and Jazz. So that's... Uh... Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, I, I mean not, not good. Not only for the... doesn't shed a good light on the Warriors, but also does not shed a good light on, on, on the Jazz, who they're going through their own, their own struggles, obviously. And, uh, you know... Um, I, I guess they'll find a way to come out of it. I, I don't know. I, I haven't really paid attention to, to the Jazz. Meg, me, the Jazz played the Lakers that one game, right? And, and then the Lakers were able to win, come out with the win there. Maybe you have a better pulse on how the Jazz are, are really, really playing right now. But uh, one of the um, uh, commentators on the radio, I think it was Tom Tolbert. Uh, I was listening to the game on the radio, at least for the second, third, and fourth quarters, I was listening to the game on the radio. I was picking up my parents from the airport. And uh, one of the things he said at the end of the game was uh, the Jazz got to be feeling a little better about their defense uh, because uh, they're uh, apparently during this run, the Jazz had been playing really, really bad defense uh, and amongst the worst in the league uh, during the time of their, their cold spell, their own cold spell. And I was going to come back and say that maybe it's not their defense, you know, maybe it's just the Warriors offense short-circuiting at the, uh, at the worst times. And, and, you know, like 
they kept the Jazz in the game until like the very last second, pretty much. And uh, to be to be quite frank, the Jazz did not deserve to be in that game until the last second. The Warriors should have, you know, taken over and had a had a bigger lead. And you you know, like you might come back to me and say, you know, that's like first world problems, first first world team problems, NBA team problems. But I, I'm I'll come back to you and and say that you know the Warriors should be playing a lot better at this stage in the regular season. And you well, know, it's been it's been a month. It's been a month since I've seen a a good Warriors game where you know I felt that we were hitting on most cylinders, if not all cylinders, or any cylinders, frankly. Uh, I mean, that being said, one thing is that the Warriors traditionally have had a difficult uh, dog days of the season type thing. And this is definitely the dog days of the season. I hope that Steph will, uh, you know, if we we talk about he didn't really emerge into the MVP hunt last year until after the All-Star break. Uh, So my hope is, my hope is that he can make that jump during and after the All-Star break. Uh, but that being said, I think your earlier point that the Warriors are basically going to go as far as Steph Curry can take them, uh, I think that's totally true. I think we have seen Clay Thompson come back, and he looks uh, about as much as I would have expected. I don't know about you, but I thought that – I think physically he looks fantastic, better than I expected. Uh, I think the shot is rusty, as I expected. Uh and overall, I think that the Warriors have to be kind of happy with what they've seen from him. Uh, the knee soreness reports are, are somewhat problematic, right? But again, this is yeah. what you expect after this much time. And I, I just don't know how ready you can expect Clay to be for the playoffs, right? Uh, yeah. And, and I think, like, uh, I'm looking at sort of like Kevin Durant as, as a parallel for this since, you know, he also came up came off an Achilles injury. And when, so when Kevin Durant was coming back, he also had these, like, I wouldn't call them setbacks, but they were like these periods of, uh, oh, this, this part of me is not feeling right. I mean, this, I mean, my, I'm, it's my hamstring, my knee. Uh, and, you know, I, I need to take rest in order to like come back to who I am. And then, uh, and then at the end of the season, he was playing like 40 ish minutes in the playoffs. So yeah, like, that's, that's uh, gotta be the hope for clay. Yeah. That's gotta be the hope for clay. And but like that was um, that was Kevin Durant from the beginning of the season, and then to the end of the season, that was like six months apart. Clay has less, um, um, you know, um, takeoff time. If that's if that makes sense. No, no, it does. It definitely makes sense, right? Like he doesn't have as much time to recover. He's coming off of two massive injuries, not just one massive injury. Uh, there's a lot of time that he's missed in this year. Uh, already or in this year already so he's reacclimating to that part of the process the Warriors were already a good team but I think Steph kind of nailed it right he he divided the season into three sections right the pre-clay time which was unbelievably successful for the Warriors right I don't think any of us had the the Warriors as good as they were this season so that part definitely worked out really well for them mm-hmm. with that being said now that they're in the clay acclimation stage that's the next thing, right? And that's been uh, that's been difficult because it's also coincided with a pretty difficult Warriors offensive stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a lot of that driven by Steph Curry's lack of offensive production, which is again crazy to say. It's important to also note that even without his uh, his all time production, Steph is still quite successful. 
uh, in running that decoy, being extraordinarily unselfish with the basketball. He had 12 assists last night. He had more assists tonight. Without Draymond Green, they need more of that facilitation from Steph Curry. I think this is one of his best passing seasons of his career. Certainly, it's the best defensive year of his career. Uh, and I wonder if that's taking its toll on Steph on the offensive end. Now, that being said, he also missed several wide open jump shots that uh, in past times we would say were absolutely gimmies for him. So that's somewhat problematic. Right. So I, I, ultimately, I don't know what it's going to take to get Steph out of this funk, but if he didn't get out of it, they're not going to go all that far. But it is encouraging that they were able to beat a Jazz team uh, with and on the strength of their defense, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, and they got production up and down the roster, right? Uh, Jordan Poole was fantastic in this game. Kavon Looney's the hero, man. Uh, Kavon Looney, this, they're, they're literally being saved by the fact that Kavon Looney is coming out every night and, and just boarding like a demon, dude. I don't even understand yes. how he is doing what he's doing, but he has been this game, pretty this remarkable game is sort this of straight. This game is sort of straight out of the 90s. Like, even the final score was in the 90s. And and so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, come on, Looney fits right in with, with with that mantra. And he, I mean, he's been playing really, really well this year. And it's a, it's a shame that, you know, like, not everybody can come along for the ride at, at the same time. But, uh, you know, hopefully the Warriors get to see that sooner rather than later. And I did like the fact that Damian Lee got some run. And uh, got it, got in double figures. That's that that is going to be big for him. I felt that the last time I felt this way about Damian Lee was at the very beginning of the season, especially that Clipper game. I thought, oh yeah, dude, Damian. Second game of the season. This is that yeah. was the that is absolutely the funniest part. Damian Lee at the begin very beginning of the season was like six man of the year status. Uh, Damian right. Lee after that was oh boy, should he even be on the Warriors? exactly it, and it, it uh, turned tonight so quickly yeah and tonight it was like oh that's why we love damian lee yes and but hopefully again, we get to see a little more of this because yeah this is another point that i you know that's important to make he's open because steph creates that much space for the rest of his team right like yeah. even when steph isn't playing that well no team in the universe is going to leave him open and you right. know what? Were, I, I would love to see the team try and say, like, oh, Steph's on a slump. Let's just leave him open. I wonder how many threes he would hit in that game. And I just don't think and, you want to be that team. And, and and for the Warriors to be able to take advantage of that, Vikram, it, it's going to be uh, Clay Thompson getting hot. It's going to be – it's going to have to be Damian Lee getting hot. It's going to have to be Andrew Wiggins uh, getting hot from three. Who I mean, Andrew Wiggins started the year shooting really, really well from three. He sort of tailed off since. Yeah, then. he's going to have to be. It's going to have to be Jordan Poole getting hot, and it's going to have to be Steph Curry being on the floor longer than he should. Just to like, if if you're going to be a, a decoy, it requires that you be on the floor for for those de- for the. And I I hate to call the Steph Curry decoy because it feels like I'm dissing him. I'm really not. Like that's he's the world's really, greatest like, decoy. He's and the world's it's, greatest it's, decoy. And it's really yes. an important role for him. Uh, the and, other and, thing and, is uh, you talked about Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins really needs to work on his foul shooting. Apparently uh, coming into the night over the past several games, he's been like, uh, he's only been like 34% from the line. What? Yeah. That sounds astonishingly low. Uh, yeah. It's and, been pretty bad, man. It's been yeah. pretty bad. Well, today the Warriors shot 90% from the line. 90%. Yeah, no, that was actually something I, I thought was nice for them. Uh, it was real progress. 
given how poorly they'd been shooting from the line uh, over a couple of the other games. Although that might have also been uh, Jonathan Kuminga related. Yeah. And, so, and so there was a point. There was a point during the season where, uh, like, if the Warriors ever had to cut anybody uh, in the middle of the season to try and like get somebody off of the waiver wire that they thought would help the team, that I wouldn't know who that person w- would be necessarily. Uh, it's starting to look like that person's Nemanja Bjelica, and I'm not just saying that because he like he blew a layup or like he's. It's it's just a trail of events where like he was supposed to help the team in certain areas but he's just not helping them in those areas. And when, he, when, when he's not doing those things and, he, and he's not a defensive presence either, it's really, really hard to justify him like ha- having the floor and ha- having any minutes in general, right? Uh, I, I know he's like sort of like Steve Kerr's pet player in the sense that he will, he will always get minutes in, in Steve Kerr's system. And like he's, 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 he's sort of that guy who will always be, you know, be on the coach's side in terms of like his ability on the floor and everything else. Hitting threes, it's very difficult for me to justify why he's out there, and it's it's unfortunate. But when when Steph Curry is is not hitting threes at his normal clip, it sort of exposes everybody else on, on the team and who who they really are as players. And I think you know Nemanja Bjelica like. He had that really good one game against the Lakers, and he had a couple of really good games in between too. But like for for the most part, it's sort of been uh, like, especially in this last stretch, he's really not played well, and it's really reared its ugly head. And if the Warriors get the opportunity to sign somebody who would really help the team, I think they should really consider it. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing with Bielitsa that he does do really well, uh, I think he is a phenomenal passer uh, for for that position. And I think that has really been somewhat helpful. I think there was a point in time today where he had four assists in like the second quarter. Uh, I mean, there is real value to what he brings. And you are right that when he isn't hitting threes, it becomes a much more difficult fit, uh, particularly because defensively he has his warts although i'll give him credit he really tries rebounding wise he tries so i mean like those those elements of the game are important so i don't want to like completely crap on him because i think he's done a pretty decent job at the things that you would expect him to do the other the last point i'd make is he is a minimum player and there's a reason he's a minimum player right yeah if he could if he could do all this stuff he wouldn't be a minimum player (laughs) so that's my fairness part right but I do think, and I think Steve Kerr is going to have to kind of reconcile this part. I think those minutes could go to Kaminga, and I think they might be okay. And I think ultimately that's kind of what it comes down to. I think I, it, think, I, I, I think so too. And I think this is like the, the classic case of, you know, turning to a veteran instead of a young rookie when the young rookie might be ready for, you know, for prime time, as we, as we say, and, you know, Maybe that's something that happens like uh, as we get closer and closer to the play. I hope uh, Kuminga is in the plan for the playoffs. I really, really do. For his sake, for the Warriors' sake, uh, I think he can do some really, really good things out there. And uh, I mean, hopefully, that is combined with you know Steph Curry coming back into form. And if he does, you know, then I guess watch out for the Warriors, as you know we've been saying since the beginning of the season. But but anyways, like coming to coming to other other topics that uh, have uh, you know. Um, come about in this 
a uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Grayson Allen, dude, like that foul. That was bad. Really, dude. like I, I just like I'm seeing the replay of it over and over again. Like some guys just don't change. I, I don't understand it, uh, especially Grayson Allen. This is not obviously it's not the first time, right? Multiple times at Duke, he fell in the draft because of this. He literally fell in the draft because of this. And, and, and then, I mean, he had some time with the Jazz. He had some time with the Grizzlies. And, like, I, I never thought he figured it out. I just thought, like, he, he stopped making dirty plays. And then he goes and does that. And then Alex Caruso, he's, he, 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 got, he got a fracture in his arm. He's going to be out for a little bit. And, you know, like, I feel like Grayson Allen should be suspended for more than one game. Dude, I, mean, I feel like if you're if you make a play that is obviously dirty, you should be yeah. suspended for the amount of time it takes the other dude to recover. To recover. You know, I mean, I know that that's completely impractical, but I just I wish there was some way to enforce that because I think it's absolutely ridiculous, man. He's only suspended for one game, right? Yeah, he's only suspended for one game. And and. He, he also sort of clobbered John Morant in the head, right? One of... Yeah, he also had a pretty hard foul on Ja. I mean, so there's a comparable uh, a comparable occurrence, which was uh, Taylor Horton Tucker had a hard foul on Jalen Suggs. But yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the oh, yeah. clean version of this. Because ta- I thought Taylor Horton Tucker... Tucker like, got the it, full ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it deserved to be a flagrant because whether it's intent or not, sometimes like where you hit a guy matters. But like at the same time, Taylor Horton Tucker made a play on the ball. I thought that uh, Jalen Suggs was actually not... Where he the took off from was not the greatest place to take off from. Overly but, ambitious. Yeah, yeah a little, little overly ambitious. Again... It's absolutely a flagrant foul, specifically because of the places that Taylor Horton Tucker hit him. But I don't think there is intent. Versus what I saw from Grayson Allen was he hooks Alex Caruso in the air and pulls him down. That's the part that's really bad. And now Alex Caruso needs surgery, and he's going to be out six to eight weeks with a broken wrist. Like, And that and hurts the Bulls. That hurts the Bulls significantly. So I mean, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's all bad news, and I wish that he could be punished more. Frankly, yeah, I mean, and it's <sighs> also uh, I I don't know how you could defend this. You I, can't. I really don't know how. There there are some yes. Bucks fans that are defending this, and I'm like, I love the Bucks, man. I was rooting for them all last year to win. But uh, yeah, dude, that's definitely not uh, that's not where it's at, man. Also, I do love the uh, NBA Paint Twitter page that you shared with me about uh, Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, oh yeah, yes, I, I just did. Yes, the NBA Paint always always up uh, up to the task. When... It is excellent. Yes. But, moving, I mean, moving on. Yeah, moving on to more fun topics. Yeah. That don't involve players causing other players injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there, are, there are a couple things that I I've found to be uh, interesting recently. 
Uh, I think the obligatory Lakers segment probably has to come in here. Okay, let's let's do it. You're you're the leader. Yeah, dude. Uh, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is done pretty soon. We'll see when exactly that is. But uh, I thought if be... they lost to I, I thought if they lost to Orlando, that would have been it. Yeah, that really. They would have left him in Orlando with his family. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be cold blooded like that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. Anyways, continue. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty funny, dude. Uh, so that's definitely true. I I think that that Orlando, if they had actually lost in Orlando, and by the way, they were down at the half. It was pretty bad. Uh, I think that it, we can clearly say at this point the Russell Westbrook experiment has failed. There is can no, it be salvaged? Can uh, it be salvaged? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, can it be salvaged in the sense of what? What does that actually mean? Does it mean that they're able yeah, to trade okay. Russell Westbrook? Like, short of that, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Can they make a trade with Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and a first round? Can they fix the situation one way or the other? Whether it's a trade whether it's, you know, putting Russell Westbrook in a role to be successful or getting him to play better or, you know, like you know, putting him in different rotations. Like, is it's salvageable. It's, yeah. Can the Lakers recover from this this year? I don't know, dude. I don't think so. My instinct is no. I mean, we'll see what AD looks like coming back. If he has gotten a little bit of a shooting form back, I think there's some possibility that uh, this might end up looking better than we think. But this I think is, like is a... about shooting. Sorry? Sorry, is there is there a chance that AD has lost weight during this time? Uh, possibly. I mean, I think, as they say, anything is possible. Uh, I'm not <laughs> quite certain that. Uh... A sprained MCL is the best way to work out. You know, like how what exactly can you do to lose weight when you have a sprained MCL? So that is something I would question. So I would bet dollars to donuts he probably hasn't lost weight. But that just could be because I don't know what you can do to uh, exercise in that circumstance. So that's my one caveat there. I mean, he was leading the league in points in the paint when he was playing, dude. So, you know, there is that element of it. That's true. That is true. Uh, the, Lakers I mean, were not, were not, the Lakers were not playing very well when he got hurt. They're not playing very well right now. And he's coming. He's coming uh, except for so LeBron like, James, right? Because LeBron James course, is, of course, is going on some LeBron, epic tear playing center. Le, LeBron as an individual player is having one of the best years of his career. Which is insane. Yes. And the He's Lakers are his... somehow under 500. Yeah. Somehow. It's uh, very, very bad. If if I told you that LeBron James is averaging 28.9 points per game, 7.6 rebounds per game, 6.4 assists per game, would you believe me if I told you the Lakers are then under 500? What would you have the Lakers at if LeBron, that was what LeBron was averaging. Would you have uh, them top of the West? Would you have them top three? Yeah, I would, or, because that's kind of what they were last year when LeBron and AD were healthy, right? Like, if you told true. me he was he was playing at an MVP level, which he's legitimately playing at an MVP level, uh, I would not have guessed what what is, what is occurring now, right? It's pretty insane, actually. 
it's I mean it just shows that with 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 teams fit matters fit definitely matters coaching matters all the little things that go into building an NBA squad matter and like you you can have superstars on your team that sort of like um, to cover up your weaknesses, so to speak. But, you know, uh, like there's only so much that you can overcome. And, and LeBron has, has done his absolute any of the Lakers woes that, they, that they've had this season. Like how many, how many minutes is he averaging this year? Like he's 38 or 39, I bet. He, he's averaging 30, 37 minutes, 36.6. To be, oh, that's because he he gets to sit out some of these uh, blowout losses. Some of these right? blowout four, <laughs> fourth quarters. Oh my god! So I mean, in in this game, the the loss the loss to the Heat, he played forty minutes. Yeah, and game. I mean, like so again, that's, this, is, this is a pretty crazy thing, right? Like, yeah, they're down by twenty six in a game, man. And yeah, they claw back at the end, but and they Why make you it go down by twenty six. But yeah, how do you go down by twenty six? What what's going on there, right? So overall, man, this is uh, it's pretty embarrassing for them. I think. Uh, I think LeBron I guess... is is carrying this team as much as he can, but I think there's kind of limits to what he can really do, what he can accomplish, right? So I, I think I, I think when uh, the the bright spot of your season is Stanley Johnson. Oh, dude, and Malik Monk, man, you can't forget Malik Monk. I can't forget Malik Monk. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's – I'll yeah. tell you, he's been pretty good for them. So, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. In, in games where Stanley Johnson scores in double figures, the Lakers are 2-0. and Yeah, well, good luck getting him to score in double figures. If he can do that – No, actually, they're 3-0. They're 3-0 and when he, when he scores in double figures. Dude, if he could score sure. consistently in double figures, he would be not a minimum player. He would be – Yes. Because he, he was the number four pick in the draft. Did I think he was number seven. Was, oh, he was number seven? He yeah, was, but I, I know he, he was, was the Pistons. He did. I think he was the seventh pick. I, mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. This calls for a Google. But no, like, realistically, he is such a phenomenal defender at a wing position. So, like, there's definitely a place in the league for him. And I think certainly he has earned that spot. But that part... Hey. Oh, he was the eighth pick. Excuse me. He's the eighth but, pick. He was the yeah, eighth. in 2015. Was it the Josh Jackson draft? I hate to call it the Josh Jackson, but was uh, it the Josh yeah. Jackson draft? I'll have to – I don't remember, honestly. Okay, anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for – But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not yeah. even that, right? Uh, the yeah. point being here that if he was really, really good on offense, he would be like – Heck, if he was an average offensive player, I think he would be a rotation you know, guy. Fifteen to twenty million dollar a year player, right? Like wings okay. that are extremely talented at defense and just okay on offense, right? Get paid mm-hmm. phenomenal sums of money, right? Think about mm-hmm. uh, think about Mikael Bridges' contract. Think about what Wiggins is likely to get, right? Like these types of players, and of course, Mikel Bridges and Andrew Wiggins are, are not just so so offensive players. They're they're actually quite talented offensive players. 
but if he could score in double digits consistently, that's sort of the arena you're starting to get into, right? A, a good two-way wing. And so Stanley Johnson, it's a great success story, but, you know, counting on him, there's a reason why he wasn't in the league, right? <laughs> and it wasn't because his defense, there were any issues with his defense, right? The issues uh-huh. with him were specifically offensively, what are you going to do for this team? So Can you put the ball through the hoop? That was his problem at University of Arizona, and people tried to project him. And you know, it's you know, it's 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 the dichotomy of NBA projection, right? The one time a a team tries to project a player, like you know, they become Kawhi Leonard, and the other time they become Stanley Johnson, and they get drafted around the same time, around the same you know spot, and like even even Josh Jackson too went back to the G League. Like it's it's hard projecting these players. Is it's really it's a difficult job. Uh, high, it's a high pressure job. And, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. So it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely very interesting. We definitely like to go back and look. I love Josh Jackson right now, by the way. Like, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, Josh Jackson, you know, he, he was a really good second draft guy, right? Yes. But uh, anyways, coming, coming back. So just very quickly, what are some things that are sticking out for you? Uh, for the Lakers overall, uh, NBA in general. Uh, I mean, I think that there are the I'm really, really pleased with the young talent of the league, man. Overall, if there is one takeaway I can have, mm-hmm. that would probably be it. I've really, 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 really enjoyed watching John Morant this year, who has just been phenomenal. Uh, Jason Tatum put up 51 tonight, so like that's something I enjoyed watching. Uh, I just really am enjoying the next wave of superstars in the NBA because. You know, one of the things that we say watching LeBron and, and Steph at this point in time is we have to enjoy what we're seeing while it lasts, right? Like every Steph three, even when he's struggling, is is still a joy to watch. Uh, every LeBron play, you know, he's thrown down some ridiculous alley-oop reverse dunks in, in his 19th season at age 38. Like those are such phenomenal and exceptional moments, right? Like that game winner from Steph is something we tell our kids about, right? But what's so exciting about the NBA is there is a new wave coming and just watching some of these young players uh, really have impacts for their team, whether it's Jason Tatum, as Afor mentioned, Trey Young, uh, John Morant. I think we're going to see a lot of people in this year's all-star games that are sort of new first-time all-stars. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see that. And I think the NBA is in great hands. Where whether there is a, you know, heir to the LeBron James Steph Curry popularity throne, uh, whether that's going to be the case, I don't know quite. But I think there's a lot to be excited about for the future of the NBA. And yeah, I, I think you, I think you're right on. And I think if there's an heir to the popularity throne. Like John Morant is making a very good case as to why he should be the next, the yeah. next big thing in terms of like NBA popularity, worldwide popularity, um, you know, like being that household name that everybody talks about. Um, he's making a very good case as to why he, why, why he's next, right on that list. But uh, Vikram, don't don't look now. Uh, but the the Cleveland Cavaliers are only two games out of first place to the Eastern Conference. Dude, Evan Mobley is a stud. Nobody, nobody should say anything else. Darius Garland uh, is killing it too, uh, and Colin and, Sexton is very close to not being on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, mean, I just had to. Put uh, that Colin out. Sexton is not coming back, dude. He's yes. just not coming back. Uh, 
I, I told you, I told you that that injury was catastrophic. Yeah. Because I, I knew the second, I, the second that happened, I was like, okay, now Darius Garland is going to play that role and he's going to show that like, they're not going to miss Colin Sexton. That's, that's basically, I mean, when you're not missed, Dude, NBA it's, team, it's not even you're not missed. Paid. It's like the opposite. They're doing better without Colin Sexton. We're glad you're gone sort of thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't I want to put it, I don't want to put it that way, but it's like the, the Cavs are more than just figure things out. Yeah, addition by subtraction. Uh, I mean, I don't even think that's necessarily fair. I think they still would have been pretty good. They, I, I don't. It's hard to know, right? Because it's like across the Rubicon sort of thing. But mm-hmm. I think right now the Cleveland Cavaliers are the Cinderella story for the NBA, right? Like it's them and the Grizzlies that have just really shattered expectations. I mean, uh, certainly we didn't. We thought Memphis would be a feisty team this year, but like we thought they were a playing team, right? Like we did not we think did. that they we were. Did. We did not think they were, you know, even going to sniff the playoffs. And here they are. They're they're, the they're, they're they're competing for home court, man. They're competing for they home are. court. Yeah, and last year the Cinderella story was was the Knicks uh, uh, and the Hawks and, and and the Hawks. Them too. Um, so I mean. Yeah, there uh, we always we always have these stories. So yeah, we're gonna follow them as we get like closer and closer to the All Star break, and uh, post All Star break is you know when uh, you know uh, seedings are you know achieved, and you know playoff matchups are determined. So cannot wait to talk about that with Vikram with you, Vikram, when that time comes. Absolutely, man. I'm super thrilled to talk about it, and uh, great talking to you today, man. It, it was it's been a while for us, and we'll try to get back to our more consistent podcasting schedule. Uh, Absolutely. Me, uh, me personally, yeah, I've been really busy with, with work and, and whatnot, but I'm going to try to get back into, you know, get back into basketball and get back into watching NBA on a daily basis and talking about it with my best friend, Bikram. Yeah. So, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll also regale you with tales of uh, Guru and I are playing in a league ourselves this year, which oh, uh, yes. is going to go very interestingly. Yes, and it's the first time I'm going to be playing in a league, so I'm, I'm excited, uh, and I'm also uh, anxious. Yeah, I guess I guess is the word. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely see see how it goes. We'll see how I compare to like you know bigger people. I haven't really played with bigger people like who are much bigger than I am. So it's dude, you play with be, me. I'm I'm much bigger than you are, dude. Like <laughs> yeah, you 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 are you're you're sort of an anomaly in this town. Room. like you would be t- you're probably in the top percentile of you know like size in west san jose if yeah, we ever this, had to this is uh this is not speaking yes. too well for west san jose but yeah, that's okay shout, shout out to kurt rambis for, for coming out of west san jose oh yeah cupertino um, high yes. school cupertino high school and with that we will close this podcast hopefully kurt rambis is not the next head coach of the lakers for uh, <laughs> for so I don't even want to talk about it, man. That that would be that would be that, a that, that, that very would sort of be Lakers a disaster. Move. That, that, but it, that, it would that be would a very of, Lakers move, man. It it would be it would be, and I mean it would be an alligator. I mean, Jesus, like Kurt Rambis. Okay, anyways, when that happens, we'll let you guys know. For Vikram, I'm Guru. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>